from ABC7, this is Game Time with Coach McVay. The Los Angeles Rams are in the playoffs, finishing out the regular season against the rival 49ers. Hi everyone, this is Kirk Sandoval. With ABC7 Los Angeles, you're listening to Game Time with Coach McVay. We're talking one-on-one with the Rams head coach, Sean McVay, about winning ugly against the Giants as the Rams prepare to play the 49ers then head to the postseason. You'll also want to check out the video version of my interviews with the Rams coaches Saturday nights at 11.45 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel. Welcome to Game Time with Coach McVeigh. Congratulations, you guys are in the playoffs. How does that feel? It feels good, you know, and I think all things considered, Kurt, it's it's a reflection of the mental toughness of this team, you know, where we were at at the bye. Yeah. You know, if you I don't know what the percentages would have been, but there would have been a lot of people that said no chance, but our guys just kept going to work. They found a way to win 6 out of 7 coming out of the bye and really, you know, the one that we did lose was against a team that's as hot as anybody and yeah. felt like uh, you know, we had our chances to win that game, but our guys responded the right way where you've had two three-game winning streaks, get a chance to be able to, you know, see Carson this week and maybe take a little bit different approach. Want to see guys go play well um, but ultimately it's about hey let's be as healthy as we possibly can while continuing to take the necessary steps to be in a position to try to do uh, something special in these playoffs but huge credit to the players and the coaches and Sean before we look ahead I, I want to touch upon that because organizationally you guys made wholesale changes in the offseason you guys show up to Irvine with 44 rookies what does it mean for you not just as a leader of this team but as one of the top guys in the franchise collectively for this franchise to accomplish what it did? Well, I think it really is a great reflection of the power of belief, the power of having the right veteran leadership in your locker room, you know, and then being able to onboard people that we felt like were in alignment, both, you know, physically as players, but I think just as importantly, the mental makeup, the caliber of their character, who they are as people, their resilience, um, and their love for the game of football. And, And I think that's a really exciting thing. I think they've just continued to get better, and this team has gotten closer and closer. Uh, more connected as we've gone. I love the way they've navigated through different stretches of adversity, but I think there's a lot of people that are surprised, but I wouldn't say surprise is the word that that I would ever use, just proud and um, excited about what's next and what's ahead. Yeah, when we look back at that game in New York, um, it's a one-possession game at half. One of the plays... Right out of the third quarter, did you design Puka to tiptoe down the sideline? Uh, this is a great protection. What a throw, too. I mean, if you just start it right from the beginning, you know, the Dory Jackson is in a great position, great location, and then just the sideline awareness to be able to just spin, tiptoe the sidelines, and then have the speed to finish. And if he didn't look back, he's scoring a touchdown. He wanted to reach it out, good situational master, mm. and then he ended up having Kyron on his fantasy squad this week. <laughs> so he let Kyron get the two-yard touchdown, but... Huge play. We had to have this. This guy's just created explosive after explosive. Uh, he is such a stud, but what a throw and catch by those two guys. 80 yards on a hitch, we'll take it. Yeah, and it's interesting. This young man, I was joking on the air last night. In Irvine, I was like, so it's 
Nakua, yeah. you know, now he's a household name. Now and he just goes by Puka. Now Puka, you know you're yeah. really balling. Exactly. When you just go by one when, word, you know, <laughs> the one name does it all. So he's in rarefied air right now. But you're going to rest your a lot of your starters for good reason because health is the priority. But he's only four catches away from the most receptions and only 29 yards away from a record that stood for over 60 years. Yeah, that that's a special one. And He's done such a great job, and he's such a humble uh, guy in terms of his weekly approach and, and the way that is, you know, he just loves his teammates. They love him. He's so consistent and steady, so tough. And that is something that, you know, you'd like to be able to see him achieve that. Yeah. He's put himself in a position to do that. You got to go earn it. Um, you got to go do it against an excellent defense. Yeah. But being able to, you know, if he can get 30 yards, that would be a really cool thing for him with a with a record that has stood for as long as it has. Yeah, and you talked about Matthew Stafford's going to rest, uh, rightly so, give maybe that thumb and even a little more time sure. off. Uh, Carson Wentz, he's been in here eight weeks. How much do you change? You've always structured your offense to what guys can do. Yep. Um, Matthew Stafford, you've always said, is one of one. How do you structure your offense a little bit different to Carson's strengths? Well, I think that's, you know, to be determined. And then also I think it's, you know, he's got a lot of different things that he's done that is that have enabled him to be successful at a variety of stops. So you want to implement some of those things. There's some things that we've done that will be consistent carryover, but it is about the quarterback. You know, one of the things that we always think about first and foremost is the quarterback, you know, and then, you know, people after that, because yeah. that's the most difficult position, I believe, in all of sports. Agreed. And uh our job is to figure out all right, how do we adjust and adapt to them and then try to make a most that most difficult job as seamless as possible, even though you can never do that. But what can you do to try to, you know, create uh, those conduce those situations that are conducive for success for these guys? You know, it, of all the great runs I've seen of Kyron Williams going back to New York, describe this one uh, in the fourth quarter. This is a great reflection of just the team. You know, Cooper Cup, Rob Havenstein, Kevin Dotson. Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua. I mean, everybody is so vital for this. And, I mean, you look at Coleman Shelton shutting down DeMar, you know, Dexter Lawrence. And then he got a little scary right there. Make sure we get all the way through the letters and the logos. And then the most impressive part about this run was actually his mom's ball security to rip it away from the random guy right there where you can see who he gets it from. But uh, this was a big-time play. I mean, look at that. There is no chance that she's not getting that ball away from whoever the random guy was that had the balls to try to take that away. But I, I love this. I mean, this is this is such a cool – I mean, that's a zero blitz right there. Our guys anticipated it. And this is such a great reflection of football is the greatest team sport that there is. So many guys working without it. And then Kyron being able to press it one gap at a time. And then mom being able to get the, get, get the ball is pretty cool. Yeah, we were joking that – when a fan sees a football, all allegiance is out the window. But, yeah, that's that's his mom. That was ballsy by that guy. <laughs> hey, um, I want to talk a little bit about your running game this week. So, obviously, Kyron's going to get the week off. Yep. Um, you've But your offensive line is going to play. They are. So how do you envision uh, spreading the ball? Well, I think the first thing is, is you look at it, you know, when you've got 53 guys on the roster, Kurt, and you've got the ability to say, okay, 48 are up on game day. Yep. You've got the ability to flex two guys up. That leaves seven spots that you can toy with. We've got two guys that'll be out for injury. So then there's where the five guys that we are going to rest. Well, that means that that continuity for the offensive line, I think, has been a vital part of our success. We're going to continue on with that. 
those guys have really gotten comfortable playing alongside of one another. And so we'll see a similar approach to what we've done. And then you'll get a chance to see all three backs. You'll see Ronnie Rivers. You'll see Royce Freeman. You'll see Zach Evans. Um, and so those will be things that I'm excited to watch these guys take a step in the right direction against what is the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. I don't know exactly the approach that they'll take knowing that they've already clinched the number one seed. But we got to go out, play good, clean football. And again, like I mentioned, looking forward to watching Carson operate. Just earlier, as we tape on a Friday morning, earlier it was released uh, that you guys had your MVPs. And yeah. uh, a lot of familiar names with uh, your MVP as Matthew Stafford. But Joe Noteboom won the Courage Award. Yeah. And you've really spoke highly of what he's done and overcome. Uh, when you hear Courage Award voted by his teammates, what do you see there? Yeah, that Ed Block Courage Award is something that, that means something, and, and every team gives it out. It's a great reflection of toughness on the field and off the field. And I think what Joe's had to navigate through, you know, a lot of just different setbacks that are out of his control. He has just persevered. He's shown mental toughness. Um, he's shown a physical toughness. And I think when you look at this year alone, there's multiple games where he had injuries that he sustained during the game that kept him out for a week or weeks at a time afterwards, but he was able to push through the Indianapolis game you look at last week's game where he you know uh, irritated a plantar fascia and he has started at three different positions he's so valuable to us he's been able to start at both tackles he's been able to start at the right guard position and um, you know we really appreciate Joe and, and it was cool when you end up recognizing him and you watch the response from his teammates and how happy and proud they are of him and it was a well-earned and well-deserved uh, award that he got recognized by his teammates with we'll be right back now, here's more of Game Time with Coach McVeigh. I had asked you earlier this week, one of the great stories of the many great stories of this Rams 2023 season has been your rookie class. Obviously, yeah. what Pook has done, but another one is Kobe Turner. Sure. I mean, it's unreal what he's got nine sacks as a rookie, which ties Aaron Donald. And That's Aaron right. speaks as highly of Kobe as any. Um, can you speak to what... Not just Kobe, but Aaron's leadership with Kobe has brought out. I think when you look at some of these guys that are doing really special things, they've got special leaders in their position groups that are really modeling the way, whether that's Koopa, that's Koopa, combining Koopa <laughs> right there, the old Cooper and Puka right there. That's going to be a new one. But Cooper's, you know, reflection for Puka, yep. and then Aaron, you know, for Kobe Turner. It's been incredible um, to watch. And, and Aaron is, he's, he, he is truly uh, such a one, once in a generational type of player and that's as a person as a player but watching the way that if you earn Aaron's respect you know you're doing something right and this guy takes everything in he demonstrates exactly what it looks like every single day but you can see he took a real liking to Kobe based on his consistency and Man, is he mature beyond his years for a rookie. He's got such an amazing perspective, and um, he's such a really good football player and, and such a special person, and um, I'm hoping that he gets that half a sack, and I yeah. know Aaron is too. Yeah. Speaking of, of Aaron, you know, I, I always admire in my 30 years doing this, elite athletes that have humility. Yeah. It's such a unique quality. We've got a sack of his. Um, describe it. They, they made the mistake of only single yeah, he got, blocking. He got the one-on-one, -on -one and he's pretty automatic, you know, being able to win quickly. And, you know, you can see that that is something that, uh, you know, you get him in these isolation settings, and he's going to be about as automatic as he gets. He's one of the best finishers of all time. And, um, you know, this is just another one of the many great plays that he made in this game. With a couple sacks, he drew a couple holding penalties. Mm -hmm. um, he was key and critical for our success. And 
I thought we did a good job of being able to create pressure on Tyrod Taylor, and then in some of the instances where he was able to extend plays, it was because of some of the rush integrity, and we can clean it up. But Aaron is uh, is balling, and uh, it's a big time play, and something that he is. Uh, very accustomed to doing when he does get those rare one-on-one opportunities. After the game, you were immediately asked about special teams. You said, hey, I got to look at it. You did make the change to bring Brett Maher back. Can you fill us in on what went into that? I think when you look at the history of when he was here, there was a lot of situations that if if I'm being honest with myself, I have to say, did I really put him in good spots with some of the length of the attempts and you know, and I don't think I did. I thought he was fairly consistent and yeah. accurate when you're talking about some of those field goals and extra points that we've missed. Um, did feel like his experience as a veteran and somebody that had a familiarity with our operation. You know, he's had Ethan as a holder. Um, obviously, it'll be new getting used to Carson as the snapper yep. with Alex being on an injured reserve. Um, but we just felt like that was the best approach. And I, and I do think that Lucas did some good things. I think he's got tremendous upside. And that kicking position is is a very fickle one, and it's challenging. And you look at a lot of the guys that are very successful right now. There was some early on adversity, and they found a way to work through it. And I think Lucas could be in that same sort of uh, you know category if he continues to work at it and wish him the best. As you go into this game against the 49ers, they're going to play Sam Darnold out of USC. Obviously, we've talked. You guys are going to play Carson. It's you, you got to stay. It's on my wall at home, Coach. Grow where your feet are planted. Yeah. But as a journalist, I also think it's realistic. It's not out of the realm of thought that in two weeks you could be right back up there. Right. So does that at all go into your game planning? Yeah, I think the most important thing is is you, your, your first responsibility is always to try to put these guys in good positions to succeed. That, that's what we want to be able to do. Is that something that if we earn the right to go take care of business in the wild card round, that that could be a likely scenario? Absolutely. We're not naive to that. Those are things you think about. And so um, I think we can try to be able to accommodate both ends of that where, hey, let's give our guys a chance to go out, play as well as they can. Good, sharp, crisp operation, good execution, play to the best of our ability and enjoy the opportunity that we do have while being mindful of um, are there going to be some things that we want to be smart about with the, uh, you know, optimism that there's a possibility we could be back there in the division round that that's absolutely something that we think about and, and ram fans know this is a great rivalry regardless yeah. when you come out there you'll look up and on the side right side mm-hmm. of the press box is your late grandfather's name yeah that's still i imagine still has to be deep in your heart and soul oh yeah it certainly is especially given the fact that this will be the first time going back there since he's passed yeah. um, but i know he's looking down smiling Um, And he was uh, such an amazing person, uh, first and foremost, and an amazing leader and just so steady and even keeled. And, um, you know, I I wouldn't be in these positions if it wasn't for the legacy that he set, the way he treated people, the professionalism, um, you know, how talented and how hard he worked at his craft. And um, I I just can't say enough good things about him. But that is always something that, you know, it puts chills on, on you when you look up there and you see Grandpa and and that certainly was earned for him. I, I want to just follow up on that, if I may. I remember a year ago you telling me how much he loved your wife and, yeah. and how much character that brought out. When you think of 10-year-old Sean McVay or 20-year-old Sean McVay, what are some of the characteristics of your grandfather that you're trying to bring out now? 
Well, I think I think he was just so steady, so kind, um, you know, always just so even keeled and, and really just such a smart, aware person treated. You know, I think one of the best things is, is, you know, the way that he treated everybody, no matter what they could do for him. And I think that was such a great reflection of his character. He loved the game of football. He was passionate about it. I mean, whether it was coaches, players, and there was just such a, he just had such an easygoing way about himself, um, but an urgent way about approaching it. And I think um, the best thing, and you've heard me say it before, uh, the best leaders, they make people they're around in situations they're a part of better. And he did that in every single thing that he did. Um, and he was a great father. He was a great husband. He was a great grandfather. He was a great general manager, coach. Um, and because of his consistency in all phases of his life, and uh, you know, he certainly modeled the way. That's spectacular. I appreciate you sharing that yeah. insight. Really. Um, last thing, I know Monday you told JB you're coming back next year. Yeah. I didn't know that it was like okay. It really wasn't. You know, I, I, I didn't think that was. You know, there, the, the, here's the deal. I had to be a little bit of a baby last year, and he had to let me work through it. Uh, it it's not a story. You know, I, I'm I'm so grateful. You know, this is such a blessing to be in these positions, and um, they'll have to kick me out of here. Um, you know, for me not to be coaching, and so uh, that does that that is not a story, and it doesn't need to continue to be one because I'm so excited about um, where I'm at right now, the group that. I'm doing it with and um, hopefully uh, it'll be for a long time as long as they'll have me. I, I'm fortunate I talked to a lot of riders and honestly you, you should you are right in the conversation as coach of the year you really are. I, I tip my cap to you Sean from what I remember that yeah. first day of training camp to where you are now and I know the story of the 2023 season has not been written. It has not been written. Yet. Right but uh, as we tape our last show of the season I know you guys aren't done but can't thank you enough and a heartfelt, really, congratulations and continued success. Absolutely. Always enjoy doing this with you. Appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. Check out the video version of Game Time with Coach McVeigh Saturday nights at 1145 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel.